What you're about to hear was aired on Planet Philadelphia, environmental radio show on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP in Philadelphia, and on gtownradio.com. It's time for news, Linda. What do you have for us? Yeah, well, I thought I would start with the implications for us of toxic exposure from the recent train derailment and the toxic spills in our water resources, the implications for us locally and really more broadly across the nation. And then I'll go on to some ways we might address the warnings for climate change. Okay, first, implications. Pennsylvania Environmental Digest tells us that our water research center in Bucks County is telling us what we need to revisit source water protection and pollution prevention contingency plans. And I would think that that would be true across the nation. But in the meantime, many of us whether trained or not, can look at the signs for these problems and report them. The Environmental Protection and some states, including Pennsylvania, have environmental emergency hotlines to report these things. And you should know that as an individual, also, you can contribute to very small spills that don't get reported normally to EPA the little engine oil spills, antifreeze, whatever. And these things collectively add up and degrade our water sources and really are important. Also, from Allegheny Front, it's good to know that there is an independent part of the EPA, the Inspector General, who can investigate the agency uh, and what they've been doing. And they are going to do that for the train derailment. And they will look at issues like hazardous waste disposal, air and water monitoring, soil and sediment sampling, and even risk communication. Now, the Inquirer tells us that these toxic spills in our waterways are actually very frequent, unfortunately. There is something called the Toxic Release Inventory, TRI, that EPA has where you're supposed to report if you had a toxic spill in the waterways. A lot of times that's a voluntary compliance kind of thing, which is an issue. And we're very vulnerable here, as probably many places in the country, because our water for drinking comes out of a river that's highly trafficked. And unfortunately, the reporting program only requires certain facilities and certain chemicals it's generally larger facilities, old manufacturing. And it doesn't mean that a large spill is necessarily toxic. And a small spill may be very toxic. There are also things where you can get a permit for a discharge. But thousands and thousands of chemicals are not tracked. We don't know what they are. We don't know how they work. And there isn't regulation on them. The Inquirer goes on to tell us that the EPA, which we've heard on other occasions on this program, is very 
overstressed and can't really keep up with all of this. First of all, there are more and more chemicals all the time. They don't have the manpower. Their statutes and regulations are very outdated. So this is really a problem. And it's not just the EPA that has to monitor some of these chemicals. There's other agencies, FDA, OSHA, and in many cases, the chemicals are not directly tested on people before they're approved for use. And it's not even just those agencies. According to Pennsylvania Environmental Daily, the uh, Department of Transportation is responsible for whether to allow trains to ship liquefied natural gas, which of course could explode in a train derailment. And recently, They've been missing their deadlines to suspend allowing this shipping all across the nation. So the point of all of this is we're very vulnerable to all these kinds of chemicals. All right, well, turning to things that I thought might be interesting that we can do about the recent warnings on climate change, the continuing warnings. First, the New York Times tells us that economists say that the global economy is expected to slow down to a pace slower than we've seen in 30 years. And one of the reasons for that is climate change. In fact, they say global warming will affect growth, and then that growth could hinder efforts to fight global warming. So it's kind of a terrible, vicious cycle. They're recommending pouring money into addressing global warming, climate mitigation, which would be good, they think, for business and would help countries overcome this global slump. So that's one way of addressing things. Now, World Resources Institute had an article about seven ways faith organizations are making cities across the globe more sustainable and equitable. And I thought I'd go through those because I thought they were interesting. First, improving access to basic services and sanitation. Now, that's something you might have expected. Second, helping collect data. You might not have expected that. And facilitating the communication of that data. Third, supporting informal workers. Those are without formal contracts. And in fact, in Latin America, Africa, and Asia, 80% of workers are those sorts of people. And they provide all the basic services for people. So they really need support. Fourth, increasing investment and targeted funding. Fifth, promoting integrated community-based spatial planning. You might not have thought of that one either. Sixth, creating diverse coalitions. You probably would have thought of that one. And seventh, community development through faith-owned land and assets. So you can go to your faith organization and see what you could do. And here's another approach. In the Enquirer, we hear about meteorologists. Our long-term weathermen, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz, who retired recently, and we had interviewed him just after that on this program, is now going back to work part-time. He is a climate change consultant at AKRF, an environmental engineering consultant firm who 
services the whole East Coast. And what he's going to be doing is translating science to engineers, business owners, and decision makers in government about how they can protect vulnerable communities in light of climate change. So those are some approaches that are positive and could help. Now, I just have one announcement, which is the Philly Spring cleanup is postponed until Saturday, April 15th. And we'll post that information on our website and any other announcements we find. So that's my news for today. Thank you, Linda. It's it's very interesting how you put all of this stuff together. And I appreciate that. We're out of time again. So the next Planet Philadelphia will be coming up April 21st, and that's close to Earth Day. So we will have a special show, hopefully, celebrating our Earth and our place on our Earth. We would love to hear from you. Our email is planetphila at gmail.com. Our phone number is 484 Two seven eight one eight four six. Record an announcement if you're having an event, or let us know what you think about the show. Our website, you can find all kinds of information and past shows. So check out planetphiladelphia.com. Thank you for tuning in today. Take care. Global warming is here. Look at the weather outside. So much warmer than usual. Absolutely. If you want to know more about Planet Philadelphia, go to planetphiladelphia.com. You could also find out more about other G-Town Radio programming by going to gtownradio.com. I hope you will consider making a small monthly donation to help Planet Philadelphia continue presenting interviews on important underreported environmental topics and exploring their complexities and intersections. Thank you so much for your support.